From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss. You need to be well prepared uh, in terms of uh, your resource, because what will happen probably is different from what you expect. Today on episode 95 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with the co-founder and CEO of Emotion Digital, Jean-Yves Laguillet. Jean-Yves worked on the ground in China for a decade before launching his own business to help Western companies with marketing in China. Stay with us to hear all the details. If you'd like to share your story on Going Solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Jean-Yves Laguillet. Jean-Yves has authentic China expertise with over 10 years of direct experience in China as a top executive. He's the co-founder and CEO of Emotion Digital, an agency located in Shanghai and Paris, which helps Western brands get into China through WeChat marketing and other social media platforms that are particular to the Chinese digital landscape. Jean-Yves, welcome to the show. Good morning. Uh, thank you to welcome me, David. Uh, I'm quite happy to, to be here. Oh, it's my pleasure to have you on, Jean-Yves. So before you launched your current company, Emotion Digital, you were employed for, for some time as an executive in China. Yes. Tell me a little bit about your career as an employee. Yeah, so previously I was uh, working for a middle-sized international company, a French company, headquartered in, in France. But I was based in... a China, in Beijing, in fact. I have been working for 10 years in China for this company, leading the Asian zone as a local VP. Then my company was acquired by a larger international group, another French group, in fact, a few months after my coming back from expatriation. Because after nine years in China, my previous company sent me back to, to France to take another position. But then we were acquired by a larger group. A lot of change have happened at that time. Top management was a change. They proposed me another position more related to operations. Quite different from uh, all my previous position with a larger scope, less exposed to, to the business. With, uh, when I was in China, I have a lot of freedom to develop business, to be an entrepreneur. It was uh, quite different in that new position. The scope of the position was much more narrow, uh, even if it was, uh, in fact, a quite good position, I must say. But there was no more business development in the scope, which has been uh, what I loved doing before. So I made the decision to leave that company, end of 2019, with a new project in mind for my future, uh, which is Emotion Digital. So in early 2020, so beginning of last year, in fact, just before the pandemic started. I prepared the launch of Emotion Digital, my current com company. It's a company to help Western companies to be visible on the Chinese market, to sell on the Chinese market through digital solutions. We are two co-founders, myself and my Chinese partner. We are located uh, in both Shanghai and Paris. And in fact, we took over an existing company, which was already existing in China since 2014. But at that time, just for the Chinese company, for China market. And it was more a kind of a web studio. So this was launched just before the pandemic, early 2020. So, Jean-Yves, your, your background was, um, even though you were an employee 
for the, what was it, like nine or 10 years that you were in China, you were actually in a role that had some entrepreneurial aspects to it. Yes, yes. Right, so you got a, you got a flavor for what it's like to be an entrepreneur without having the risk of, of actually running your own company. Yes, and you know, when you work in China, anyway, you must become an entrepreneur because it's a very competitive uh, market. So you need to, uh, to be strong, to, uh, to be quite pragmatic according to what happened on the market. So in fact, I learned how to become an entrepreneur when I was working in China. So I could see how, even though you were reassigned following the acquisition, you were reassigned to what sounds like a bigger role and perhaps, I um, don't know whether there was a promotion involved or not, but let's say a bigger role to be involved in operations. I could see how the actual work would be less interesting if you've kind of gotten the flavor of of business development and the entrepreneurial landscape, and you really love it. Yes, because uh, it, it's true, it was a larger role because a uh, worldwide scope, in fact, uh, with uh, some uh, activities in US, in South Africa, in different uh, continents. But at the end, it was a uh, part of a more global organization and a uh, more narrow, narrow scope in terms of uh, responsibilities. So yes, I prefer to be an uh, entrepreneur, and that's why... Uh, started this uh, new company. Right. How did you feel about the risk of leaving a fairly high-profile position to launch something on your own? I didn't think so much. Uh, I would say before, I say, well, I've worked already for a long time in my career for a big company. Uh, one day, I will be retired. So uh, why not uh, trying another experience before? I still have about 10 years huh, to to, to work, uh, to do something. So I say, why not uh, doing my own venture? I get that. It, it's also interesting that you acquired an existing company rather than launching a new one totally from scratch. Yes, we acquired some uh, an existing agency, but quite a different activity. In fact, but it was good to get some customer at the beginning and to be more safe. Yes, for for, for the startup. But when we change uh, quite the offer, the service offer, we have a review it. And uh, at that time, it was only open for the for Chinese uh, companies, uh, for Chinese market. But uh, we wanted we change it. In fact, uh, and now it's mainly for Western companies, West small and middle sized uh, companies from Europe or from the US to enter Chinese market. So uh, by taking over a small company, we benefit from uh, previous customers and as well for, for some staff. Yes. So make things easier. Right. So it made things easier, but you still made a pretty big pivot. Uh, yes, because uh, by it was uh, what we wanted to do, huh, to, uh, to link. In fact, uh, I wanted to help uh, Western companies uh, to, uh, to do something in China because uh, it's what I've learned before. is what I, uh, I've been successful doing myself in the past. So I wanted now to help uh, others be successful uh, in China. So yes, we use uh, that company, transform it in order to uh, adapt to the service offer and to help uh, companies to enter the market. So now in Emotion Digital, who's your ideal customer? Our ideal customer is a more small, middle-sized Western companies, not yet in, in China, in fact, but uh, with uh, already a clear strategy to enter China. Because to enter China needs some resource, so it's important that the company has a defined 
a budget has defined an initial uh, roadmap with a strong will huh, to uh, to come to the Chinese market because it's not uh, it looks easy at the beginning what you don't know but in fact it's not so easy at the end so it needs uh, resource so we are targeting a small middle size uh, Western companies mainly from uh, Europe but it can be from any other country in fact we don't have uh, so it can be B 2 C it can be B 2 B because we are we are using the same tools. Not in the same way, but at the end, we are using the same uh, digital uh, solutions. And uh, we don't have a preferred market. Well, it's true that uh, today our markets are more related to education, like uh, universities, uh, like uh, online courses. We have as well in uh, lifestyle, lifestyle brands, we have in food and drinks. We, we don't do fashion because there are so many uh, other agencies uh, doing fashion, so I think we have nothing, uh, nothing to Nothing uh, better to bring in that field, so we are not doing this type of market. I can be from uh, yes, uh, any type of uh, activities. Right, so it could be any kind of product or service. Yes. And the important thing is for the company to already have a strategy to sell in China. Yes, to have an initial strategy. Yes. Right, but and have they already sold in China, or they haven't started selling anything yet in China? Well, it can be both. Huh? Most of our customers are the ones who are not yet uh, in China, but we have as well some already uh, in China, but need uh, more help or uh, because well, it was not successful. So they need uh, more support to become uh, successful. So, yeah, the company can, can already be uh, in China. Jean-Yves, why is it so hard for Western companies to sell in China? Because everything is different. Uh, you can have a Western strategy, but that one will not work uh, in China. In China, you, you need to act as a Ch Chinese, uh, I would say, because uh, the culture is uh, different, the behavior of the consumer is uh, quite uh, different. The digital environment is completely different. Uh, there is no Google. Instead, you have Baidu, you have no Facebook, you have no, uh, no Instagram. Yes, Instagram can, can work. Uh, most of the digital uh, apps do not work uh, in China, so you need to uh, adapt uh, your, your strategy uh, to the Chinese market. So this is the first uh, reason why it's difficult at the beginning, because you really need to think in a different uh, way. And China is quite advanced uh, in terms of uh, digital, digital. As well, it's a competitive uh, market, very competitive, much more than uh, what you can find uh, in uh, Western countries, so you, when you do something uh, successful, uh, you always have many competitors follow you or try to copy you. So you need really to be innovative, to be creative, to always uh, be stronger and, and be fast uh, to, uh, to do things uh, in order to keep uh, advance versus your competitors. A really competitive market. Tell me a little bit about what's worked well so far. In, in terms of... Uh, a little bit about some of your successes. Yes, but uh, successes. So we have been uh, successful for some uh, for education in order to... Uh, education universities or companies to recruit students to be visible on the Chinese market in order to, uh, to have uh, students go going to uh, abroad for studies. So this has been uh, quite uh, successful. We have as well been uh, successful for a cocktail uh, brand, for instance, from uh, New Zealand. 
So uh, usually, especially young people, huh, they want to try new things. They want to test uh, new flavors. And they are quite attracted by uh, niche brands. And we have been successful in trying to introduce a new, uh, new cocktail brand in fact, to the China market, to the GNZ, because they, they, they want to find new things. And so we, we do the promotion through the Chinese platform, WeChat, WeChat uh, Weibo. There are two, two types of uh, examples. And the last, last one, but it was last week, in fact. So different. It, it was not a Western company at the time. It was uh, for China. We have helped the Shanghai government to uh, organize a big uh, exhibition and a meeting uh, in Shanghai about the technology, in fact, to, uh, to, to be uh, to increase the visibility of this uh, meeting and to, uh, to have more, uh, more companies, uh, leaders uh, coming to, uh, to the meeting to, uh, to discuss, to exchange, uh, to create business uh, opportunities. I just to show another type of success. Right. So that that was a Chinese client. Yes, yes. But using your expertise and your relationships with Western companies to be successful. Yes. But it's very, we believe that it's very important, in fact, to have both Chinese and Western customers. Because when you work with the Chinese, you keep up to date on uh, all what happened in China. I think this is very important and uh, it benefits to the Western customers. So we are doing both, yes. We have Chinese customers and Western customers. Yeah, very smart. So, Jean-Yves, you know, first of all, congratulations on the success you. that you've created thus far. Certainly, in a year that has we've experienced lots of disruptions. Oh uh, yes. yes, you know, it sounds like you've done an incredible job. I'm really curious to know a little bit about the process you used to determine what kind of business was likely to be a good fit for who you are as a, as an individual as a professional and would would meet your own personal goals for what you wanted the business to achieve and at the same time have a, a high likelihood of financial success what was the process you used to try to to figure out how to put all these pieces together it's true that at the beginning, uh, the, the plan was slightly different at uh, the beginning of last year. because it Isn't was, it often? Yes, I think it's, it happened commonly. But at the time, there was a pandemic, which was not at all uh, scheduled. So uh, beginning of last year, we built a plan to, uh, to create our visibility, participate to some meeting, participate to some uh, exhibition in order to uh, make our business visible uh, to uh, potential customers, to, to companies. But uh, then uh, everything was uh, stopped uh, during the quarter, first quarter last year. So we have to, uh, to completely change uh, our plan uh, to launch uh, at the time the company. Uh, it has been not an easy time, uh, first uh, semester last year. Especially we couldn't travel anymore uh, because uh, most of the companies in China. So uh, today is impossible to, to uh, travel uh, to China. So uh, we launched everything finally on digital as well. <laughs> like we do for our customer, and we decide to go on LinkedIn last year to be very active on LinkedIn in order to, to generate leads, to be visible by your potential customers. And we've got the help of a LinkedIn agency to help us at the beginning because I didn't know so much how to generate leads with LinkedIn. So it was important to get the support from others to be successful. And then we build the company step-by-step so show with a slower speed than expected initially because uh, all last year everything was going 
more slow, I would say, especially in Europe. In China, the speed has not changed. Everything is still very fast, but it's true that in Europe, things are more slow. It takes more time to make decisions, to get replies from customers. So it has been a longer process. And I was thinking initially, and you have to cope, to cope with it and to be smart in terms of resource that we engage grow the company versus the, the income coming from the different customers. So we, are, we have to put in place a, a smart, I would say, resource management plan in order to, to grow the company step by step and develop further this year. I believe this year should be a good year. At the end, I'm very confident for the future. Jean-Yves, how did you meet your partner? I, I know my partner before. Uh, because I've been uh, living in China for a long time. Huh? So I meet a lot of uh, people uh, that, uh, in the past uh, 10 years huh, when I was uh, in China. And so it's very important when you create a business together with uh, another person to know the partner well, huh, to make sure it, uh, it can work together and be successful. Particularly if you're located in different parts of the world. Yes, and different cultures. And different cultures. Yes. more difficult. So for sure, I will not. Uh, I will not advise any anybody to uh, to launch a venture with a Chinese partner without knowing uh, very well the partner. This will be uh, quite dangerous, I would say, because uh, you need to understand different culture. Huh? It is important for the work. Uh, you need as well to uh, yes to uh, to see what what the partner can bring huh, to uh, to the company. It's important to be complementary uh, in order to be uh, successful. Yeah, absolutely. Jean-Yves, if you were in the position to advise somebody like you who had many years of experience as a high-achieving employee, and that person was tired of being an employee, really wanted to try something entrepreneurial, understands that starting a business is, is risky, many of them don't work out or they don't work out as planned. You certainly, in your own experience in the last year, have made some major changes from what you had planned. What advice would you give that person about how to figure out what's the best opportunity to get started? I, I think there is no, uh, how to say, uh, yeah, I would say you need to be, to be well prepared in terms of uh, your resource. Because what will happen probably is different from what you expect before starting uh, your own uh, business. So it's better to have some uh, reserves uh, to be well prepared in terms of uh, resource. And the other thing which is important, I think, and probably I didn't do uh, enough in that field before, you will need to prepare your personal branding. Because uh, when you create your company, uh, you are more alone, or even if you are with one or two other partners, but you are by yourself. So it's very important to to be visible on the market if you want to get customers. And you need to prepare your personal branding, and this can be done before changing your job or starting your new company. You need that visibility on the targeted market. You need as well be authentic. So in that case, it was uh, okay uh, because uh, I have a lot, lot of experience uh, in China, but you need to prepare this as well and make sure that uh, what you will start 
can be uh, authentic according to what you have done before, according to your experience. For sure, in my case, it has helped me a lot last year to have a solid experience in China. And I can share my experience to, uh, to other companies now to help them grow their business in China. So my advice is, is really to be well prepared in terms of resource because nothing will go according to your initial plan and be uh, prepare your personal branding before starting your new venture. That's great advice. Really great advice. Um, yeah, because your personal branding is really important because as the founder or founders, anyone who's either an initial customer or collaborator, referral source, investor, they're all going to look to the founders to see whether or not they can believe in the founders. And it really, your, your branding is so critical for that. Yes, exactly. Johnny, we've covered a lot of territory today. Uh, first of all, I want to wish you lots of success in the future as your business develops even further. But if, um, if someone wants to go deeper with anything that we've discussed today, access any resources you may have about your business or about what you've done personally, where is the best place for them to go? I think if they want to know more about myself, my business, probably on LinkedIn. I post nearly every day on the LinkedIn, either about the Chinese market, Chinese business, about some cases. So I think probably LinkedIn is the best place to find information. And I can offer as well a free gift to, the, to your audience for the, for the coming hours. They can, I can give a free consulting call. If they want to know more about, so they can book a call with me. Great, and uh, we will we will include the appropriate links in our show notes. Yes, I will give you the link. Great. Um, so, Johnny, Eve, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Going Solo and share your insights. Um, what you've done is really fascinating. My guest today has been the co-founder and CEO of Emotion Digital, Jean-Yves Laguier. Thank you again, Jean-Yves, for joining us. Thank you very much. When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today, we learned how to use your expertise to plan your strategy for a new business and pivot as needed when implementing tactics. Remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review if you can. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.